Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. He's back in the saddle. Howdy, 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 howdy. Well, we got a lot to get to today. Um, let's start here. Hey, uh, we're going to do a little test on the air here in Ohio. Uh, but would you sign this form real quick? So yeah. We're not liable for anything here. Holy smokes! I saw that. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a okay. wild right, accusation okay. out here. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a town hall meeting for people who live in East Palestine, Ohio, where that train derailed like two weeks ago, spilling toxic chemicals. They had a controlled demolition or detonation of the chemicals to make sure they didn't just uncontrolled explode. But people are still feeling the effects of it, even though they've been told, ah, it's fine. Yeah, okay, some hair's falling out. You got some rashes. Your chickens are dying in the backyard, and there are thousands of dead fish in the streams. But we're confident. Everything's okay. Don't worry Although about there are this. no officials there, really, yeah. to speak of how confident they are. And if they are there, they have hazmat suits on. What's that tell you? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's true. I know it's true. So, so Caitlin, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher her last name, uh, Schwalzwalder? Yes. Uh, she lives near the site, uh, and she claims that a company called CTEH... And I looked them up. They do environmental testing and cleaning. Uh, apparently showed up at her place uh, offering to test her air, the water, things like that. But it came with a catch. This was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. Okay, so you guys are independent from Norfolk. And they said, well, not exactly. Oh. So then they handed us a contract. Um, the contract stated that essentially uh, Norfolk or any of its affiliates, you know, were going to be, uh, you know, encroaching on the property they were going to be doing the testing um and that it was essentially a hold harmless agreement now i'm not a lawyer but what i can tell you is that uh, i did not want to risk um, anything for my future the future of the business uh, by signing this contract uh, epa was also there um, and we had asked uh, chris specifically had asked epa if they could come in by themselves or without signing of any agreements and they denied that what yeah so I, I would not I, I think it's right to not sign anything that a representative of the company responsible for the toxic chemical spill don't sign anything there. The way she describes it sounds like kind of a boilerplate waiver for the actual right. testing. Like if anything, if they break something in your house, they're not liable for it. Mm-hmm. But you never know how those things are worded. It's a good idea to not sign away anything. Uh, in the testing process before we really understand what has happened. Correct. As a matter of fact, I think what Tucker said last night, what do you think this is, Pfizer and the federal government? (laughs) I thought the same thing. I had to sign a waiver right when you got your shot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, if you like grow a third eye in your forehead, you can't hold us accountable for it. But it's really something, man, what's going on there, and where is Mayor Pete? Yeah. Department of Transportation, you head of the EPA. Where are these people? Because you got this town hall and there's no one, so it just turns into a venting session. Yeah. Did you see the Babylon Bee headline? I did that? not. Mayor Pete sitting in a chair watching Thomas the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I will tell you this. It's the most diverse, incompetent federal government we've ever <laughs> that's seen. Right. So that's right. There's, there, that's one. That's one you yep. know, positive thing. I did see one Babylon Bee headline earlier this week that said, what was it? The federal government reminds the people of East Palatine to get your boosters to be safe. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. So I have more on that story a little bit later. Now, it's been, you know, known for a little while, but officially announced this week that Nikki Haley is running for president. Yeah. And you have a story about that, David. Yeah, former U.N. ambassador and uh, South Carolina governor Nikki Haley running for president. And part of her first speech featured a call for mental competency tests for politicians age 75 and up, which is obviously a shot at Biden and probably a shot at Trump. Yep. Uh, well, CNN's Don Lemon decided to do some mansplaining this morning. And boy, it's funny how all of the talk about sexist dog whistles and racism and all this stuff just gets thrown out the window as soon as you have a woman of color who happens to be a Republican running for president. Oh, roll that. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and Maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not Wait. I, that's Whoa. not according to me. Prime so for what? Holy smokes, yeah. dude. dude. It's like Don Lemon at the Playboy Mansion. All of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I, I heard. I, I can't. I still can't believe he said that. Now, now, just before we go on with the rest of the clip, because it is astounding. I mean, you want to talk about misogyny and all of that stuff. I mean, well, obviously, Nikki Haley's not in her prime either. She's pretty old. I better put her out to pasture. Nikki Haley is 51. Don Lemon is 56. (laughs) Yeah. Don Lemon's five years older than Nikki Haley. (laughs) That's hilarious. Does he ever question Nancy Pelosi's vigor? One time? Of course not. No. No, you don't hear that. God, that is the most sexist thing anybody can say, period. All right, pick it up. That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, oh it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. Google it, everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying, Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime, and we, they need to be in their prime when they serve, because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google, you know, Google, or whatever it is. Hold on a second. All right, yeah. because maybe Nikki Haley actually said the word prime. Yeah. I don't remember her saying that in the speech, the part of the speech where she's talking about cognitive abilities and they should be tested over 75. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that going along with they have to be in their prime. Maybe she did. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is Don Lemon actually just Googled uh, when are women in their prime and the result he got was about childbearing years. Right. Not not what you might think of. Like, as. when is a man in his physical prime? Well, according to Don Lemon, it's 80. <laughs> <laughs> right? I guess. I mean, physically, it's around 27, if I remember right. Somewhere like in there. That, 24, yeah. 27, something like that. Um, it, that's different than leadership and being a president, obviously. <laughs> Gosh, dang. That's really something. Wow, isn't that something? That is really something. I mean, he's always been awful with takes and off script, but it's really showing himself right now. He's melting down, too. It is. I mean, he's melting down. They have the lowest ratings of a morning show in the last decade, right now, currently. Yes. He's in the dustbin of TV. Well, 
and they tried to make it like a promotion. That was not a promotion. Primetime down to co-hosting with two other people, and it's a struggle bus all the way around. It's over. He's a diversity hire. Everybody knows it. Golly. Why else is he there? Well, certainly he's not in his prime. (laughs) No, he is not. (laughs) God. Okay. Well, let's get to Biden. What was he saying yesterday? Oh, yeah. Joe Biden, who Don Lemon thinks is in his prime at the age of 80, he, he's got a serious plan, which he laid out yesterday. There's a big crisis. I don't know if you've heard about it. Okay. If you want to go ahead and roll it out. Roll it. Cut the federal deficit. What? Saving taxpayers hundreds of billions of dollars over time. The federal the deficit, deficit, yes. The deficit? Du- was it deficit? Yeah. I think that has something to do with precision jobs. <laughs> Holy smokes. Dude, this can't go on. It can't. Isn't this the whole message right now? You're going to have to get out, Joe. We're, we're letting you know again. Because now we've got the FBI going somewhere else looking for documents. Yeah. In Delaware, the university there. Isn't that the first thought you had? Okay, he's not getting the message from the powers that be in the Democratic Party to not run and talk about running again. So here's something else to just let you know, Joe, and you can talk about precision jobs and the deficit and whatever else you want to boot, (laughs) but you can't run anymore, man. Deficit. Yes, I understand. (laughs) Deficit and the precision jobs. It sounds like a 1980s novelty skiffle band, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, some weird English alternative band. Precision jobs. Yes. Holy cow, man. Oof. Meanwhile, I don't know if you happen to see this. Elon Musk, he's doing this big speech, um, and this is in Saudi Arabia, a lot of world leaders, but he's talking about the warning about globalism. That it's not a good thing. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Elon Musk is a great communicator when it comes to just spoken word. Because he will often have a hard time. We've seen it, you know, time and time again. But you know what he's getting at. Listen to what he said. One thing I should say, and I know this is called the World Government Summit. Um, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. <laughs> Don't want too much cooperation. Yeah. Well, that's true. Depends on who you're cooperating with, I suppose. Well, and then he goes on to explain. Um, you know, if you know, if you look at, say, the at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, that the really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole because there have been, there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. And so, um, you know, say like while Rome was falling, it, uh, it, you know, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had like a, uh, you know, the, the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. So you're always speaking to your audience. Yeah. He's in Saudi Arabia for crying out loud. Well, there you go, yeah. Yeah, but the, the Romans didn't try a true empire, okay? 
<laughs> of yeah. one global yes. government the way that the left wants to do now. Yeah. Like how they always say, no one's really tried communism. Right. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it interesting when you have this guy, Elon Musk, that a few years ago was known as this eccentric sort of cool guy that made electric cars, you know, very cool. And now he is the next Hitler. Yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah. The, the left wing... Uh, hate machine has done a great job of making people hate that guy for no reason. And I'm not sitting here as like a, a, a an Elon Musk fanboy at all. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he yeah. says some things I agree with, some things I disagree with. But mm-hmm. like I have friends of mine who are liberal and who say, no, I, I'll never buy a Tesla. I hate Elon Musk. And then I always ask, why do you hate Elon Musk? And Just a right-wing troll and i said okay give me examples of this what what exactly are you talking about they can't do it they never really no they can't do it he was kind of a cool guy you didn't have to take seriously when yeah. he was smoking weed with joe rogan you know right right but now he's he's, oh, now he's trying to ruin twitter yeah and and what's this free speech that sounds like right-wing politics right. <laughs> you know he had that clip of don lemon has, has anyone heard the clip of chris cuomo Holy cow. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Yeah. When he got fired, he said he wanted to kill everybody. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. One thing uh, parents are united in is trying to fight the <laughs> trans movement that's happening in schools. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can barely talk about it. It's awful. I mean, when did this become normal? Well, you have a clip. I haven't even heard this clip yet. I just saw the headline. I'm like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, so the group that oversees daycare centers in North Carolina uh, has really gone off the deep end here. We talked about uh, part of this a little while back. Uh, this is the group that was celebrating confusing little kids about gender. Remember, you had this uh, self-described non-binary teacher yes. talking to these like four-year-olds, like, and coaching them on how to like use proper pronouns, and then was talking about how it made her feel better. Like the kids exist just to affirm her. Well, these are narcissists. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, So the Washington Free Beacon dug into the North Carolina Association for the Education of Young Children, and this is crazy. See, part of their materials uh, included an anti-bias documentary that followed a couple of teachers, uh, not in North Carolina, somewhere else. But this is like the example that you're supposed to use when dealing with like four-year-olds. Here's one guy talking about how wearing a skirt in front of children makes him feel validated. Oh, my gosh. Um, in one of my first morning meetings, I bring a skirt that I like to wear. I tell the children that, you know, I want to wear the skirt, but I want to make sure that I feel safe wearing a skirt in the classroom. And, and so I'm, I'm just a little bit afraid that someone might laugh or they might. Um... They're four years old. Idiot. Go get some help. Someone drive him. Someone that cares about this individual, drive them somewhere to get some friggin' help. And for God's sake, keep them away from the kids. This is nuts, man. feel uncomfortable. So I just want you to know that sometimes I wear a skirt and it's really comfortable. I like it. I like to Good for you. 
I've heard the guys that wear kilts say, you know what? It's refreshing. <laughs> Don't do it in front of the kids. You better be playing bagpipes if you got a skirt on. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> that is one way to use my own personal uh, things that I like to do. All about as you, isn't a, it? Um, model for dramatic play. Uh huh. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Thank you. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Johnny K. The amazing thing is there's no dress code. Well, no, you need to you need to have creative play or dramatic play. And so this is a guy who gets some sort of thrill or pleasure out of dressing up like a woman, and he apparently believes that it helps children for him to fulfill his desire to dress up like a woman in front of them. Well, I saw a thread last night with Leah Thomas, the swimmer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that, too. Yeah. Okay, so if you're not familiar with this story, this ended up as a Twitter thread um, started by uh, some people at Daily Wire. But the end story is Leah Thomas has a couple of different Twitter accounts, the way I understand it. Instagram, I think. One is private, one is public. Okay, so it's Instagram. Yeah. And what uh, that individual seems to like as a dude that identifies as a woman is actually the turn on that that individual gets as a male dressing as a woman yeah it's a sexual fetish yes that he gets aroused by considering himself a woman yes by wearing women's clothing yes Mm -hmm. so it just reminded me of it hearing this kook talking about how it makes him feel to dress this way in front of kids and to wear the skirt again man you got some sort of crazy fetish. Do whatever you want, but th- stay away from the kids. It would You would think that wouldn't be too much to ask. But no, not for these people. It's about indoctrination. Okay, I told you I'd get to this Chris Cuomo clip. Um, he is actually on a podcast with Anthony Scaramucci, oh, the mooch. Okay, and he's talking about, you know, some work that he had to do because he was very angry after he got fired from CNN. All right. Mm-hmm. How angry? This is pretty angry. That I had to accept because I was going to kill everybody, uh, including myself. Things can consume you. Italians are so passionate. And I really had to fight against that because, you know, just like you did, I got too many people counting on me. Notice how he's on the podcast with Scaramucci <laughs> and his accent changes. <laughs> All of a sudden. <laughs> What a fraud that guy is. Good fellas now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hey, Paulie. News update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, back in the saddle. All right, news update, David Van Camp. And something happened today, fellas, that I think really needs to be the blueprint when you're talking about the left-wing shriekers, the people who like to throw soup on paintings and glue themselves to all sorts of things. And <laughs> The world is ending now! <laughs> something just happened here that I think, again, should be a blueprint for how you should react, how normal people should react. Okay. When people like this show up in their lives. And I, I want to go 
to uh, there's an event at the Heritage Foundation. Normally, it's not something that we would, you know, go deep into or whatever. But Josh Hawley was talking about uh, potential conflict with China. And this left-wing green lady, uh, green weenie lady showed up on stage with some, you know, poster board and start screaming about climate change. <laughs> I want you to pay attention mostly to the crowd reaction. This is amazing. Okay. We spend over $1 trillion every year. And the state, your state of Missouri, it is over half the people are in poverty. China is not our enemy. The climate crisis is. We need to be serious about the climate crisis. I like that. Not 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 counter heckling. Not just chuckling. Yeah, just laughing when she says China's not our enemy. The climate crisis is, and everybody just. Uh, it's okay. kind of like the State of the Union when Biden said we're we're going to need gas for at least another ten years. Yeah. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> you unserious person. Right. I think it's worse than heckling, being laughed at. Well, yeah, yeah. When you're trying not to be funny. Oh yeah. When you've got your serious, really, you know spot-on point you have to make, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Okay, moving on. You had a story about uh, East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah, East Palestine, Ohio. Pal- Sorry. Uh, where, you know, that train derailed a couple weeks ago, spilling toxic chemicals. And, well, there was a town hall meeting last night. No one from the Biden administration bothered to show up. The head of Norfolk Southern, the rail operator, uh, didn't show up either because they were worried about, get this, personal safety issues. Hmm. Uh, now, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. So Tucker Carlson spoke to a couple of people who live in the area. Uh, this guy's name is Chris. Uh, and, well, he's kind of wondering where the heck all the, uh, where the federal authorities are with this. He- yeah. You know, they're saying that our soil and our water is, is good to go and the air is good to go, but... You know, we still have animals that are dying, people that are having symptoms every single day. So, FEMA, where are you? Government officials, why aren't yeah. you stepping up to the plate? Yeah, because they don't care. Well, that was a, that's Trump country. I think that really does have a lot yeah, to do with I it. Yeah, I mean, again, it sounds conspiracy, but... Well, you don't have to. I mean, uh, years ago, well, actually, I guess 10 years ago this year, there was a massive tornado that took out a good portion of a little town in Illinois, Washington, Illinois, if you're not familiar with the story. Barack Obama was president of the United States, had been an Illinois senator. Yep. Never bothered to show up. Nope. And boy, if you talk to those city officials about, especially at the time I was a reporter covering it, uh, not always on the record, but they had a lot of things to say about FEMA, about the federal government, wondering why there wasn't more assistance being provided to the people who had lost their homes. And a lot of people looked at that section of uh, Tazewell County and said, well, there seems to be a lot of Republican voters there. Hmm. Barack Obama didn't even bother to show up there. And as far as the FEMA dollars, they didn't roll in. No, no, they really didn't. Hmm. Didn't quite qualify. Yeah. Oh, God, that was a disaster. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, stories like that, happen across the country all the time it's just a lot of times you never see it on a national level mm-hmm. but it certainly does happen okay you know what it's time for it's that time of the show when uh well we go through some different kinds of stories because it may not be the biggest of the day but it caught your attention as you were 
getting all prepared for the show. Today, David, what's your story? All right. uh, South Park is back in the news cycle because they are taking on Harry and Meghan. And the Please Respect My Privacy Tour. So in the setup, they have, they're not calling them Harry and Meghan, but they're supposedly uh, the queen of Canada's kids, or son and and wife. And um, they go on this, like, Good Morning Canada show uh, to talk about how they just want to be normal people, and that's why they're doing a global privacy tour. And I just, I really like this. This has been blowing up online. I like what the South Park dudes have to say a lot of the times. I think they're funny. They're Biting, and this is mm-hmm. just great. We want privacy. We want privacy. Hey, thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here. It's great. <laughs> so let me start with you, Sam. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book. We. Yes, that's right, friend. You see, my wife and I are totally like you should write a book because your family like stupid, and then so are like journalists. So you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So you're a journalist. We just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. (laughs) Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving wife actually doesn't want her privacy. (laughs) How dare you, sir? My Instagram-loving wife has always wanted her privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. That's pretty good. I love that, man. Oh, gosh. Robbins, what is your story today? Well, according to a brand-new survey conducted by the Convention of States Action in partnership with the Trafalgar Group, A majority of voters that were surveyed want businesses they deal with to stay the hell out of politics. Survey results revealed that 78.8% of voters are more likely to do business with a company that stayed politically neutral and tolerated viewpoints of employees and customers across the board. 10.1% of voters were less likely to do business with such a company. Among independent voters, 77.1 say they are be more likely to do business with a company that stayed politically neutral and tolerated viewpoints of employees and customers across the board. So in other words, if you go woke, you go broke. This is example 1,033 of that. Wow. People don't give a fat frog's fanny. They don't even want you involved. Get out. You know what? And that's different than what I seem to think, at least in my own head, which is a lot of people don't care. Mm-hmm. So when it's some big corporation that goes woke, sometimes people don't even know what's happened. Or if they do know what's happened, they don't care and they keep buying the product because they like the product, mm-hmm. which is... It's possible. It's, well, and I, and I could be wrong about that. Yeah. You could, you could show me numbers that but would say But for everybody who different. thinks this matters, it doesn't <clears throat> matter. Do you have something I want or not? But just to finish that little little story so this last weekend i was talking to some different people um and somehow we got on athletic shoes and there were two different women that actually told me yeah i i won't buy nikes i just won't right that started a couple of years ago and sorry i'm just not buying them i'm like oh wow you know to me that was refreshing they're not, they're not, not against there. nike more than anybody else right. it's that because of you know different yeah. stands that they've taken 
They're like, I just don't want to support it with my dollars. You can see the cancellations of the Disney Channel. Oh, my goodness. On cable. Yeah. It was it was universal. And when I, you go out and you do this kind of stuff, you're appeasing to the loudest people out there that mm-hmm. don't buy your product or watch it or listen to it anyway. Yeah. yeah. You can only push people so long. I mean, that's I why agree. it's like I'm not usually a boycott guy, but I can't I can't watch Major League Baseball after the All-Star Game fiasco. Honestly. You're just, not alone. Just like, screw Major League Baseball. Yeah. A lot of people felt that way about the NFL. Not a lot, but a few. Mm. It la- it lasted for a while. Yeah. Like everything about that league is woke, woke, woke. The NBA has had yeah. people not watch nearly as much. It it absolutely can happen. Uh, for my story today, well, it starts this way. Remember the ads that ran during the Super Bowl? The He Gets Us. The Jesus ads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been controversial. Okay. And so you had the likes of AOC talking about, I don't think Jesus would spend $20 million on some sort of ad campaign. There were also some Christians that were very critical of the message that the ads were giving. They might disagree with some theology, something like that. And so there's a guy that has a YouTube channel. His name's John McRae. And the name of his channel is What Do You Meme? And... I've watched this guy's videos a number of different times. He is, well, it's, and because you're, you're dealing with race in some of these issues, he's a black man um, who converted to Christianity years ago and explains why he did, why he believes what he believes, and then will take on all of these topics that are going on at any given time. And that could be from anyone from Jordan Peterson to Logan Paul to, you know, someone talking about his past as an individual. He tackles all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So he is talking about the ad campaign and talking about the criticisms from both sides, right? The reason I bring this up as a story today is that video got flagged and was deemed age inappropriate. And I watched it. There's nothing inappropriate about it. He's talking about... Um, Christians being upset with the He Gets Us ad because some people don't think it um, accurately portrays the gospel. So he's just giving what his two cents on what he thinks that is. And so as I'm watching him last night talking about being censored, he went a little deeper into it. And this is how YouTube censors people because they get demonetized. And this is John McRae. As a result, we've age-restricted the following content. People go crazy over Jesus-based Super Bowl ad. We haven't applied a strike to your channel, and your content is still live for some users on YouTube. Okay. Why? It it doesn't make any sense. But if you've been watching my videos over the last few months, then you might have seen a couple of content warnings or age restrictions on some of my recent videos. And what you haven't seen, which is behind the scenes, is that every single video that I've uploaded for the last few months, as soon as I upload the video, it gets flagged as not being eligible or suitable for ads by YouTube. So, of course, this has been pretty annoying. And as a lot of you have pointed out in my last video, the video that I put out yesterday was flagged as potentially offensive and gave people a warning when they were going to go click on it and there was an age restriction put on the video and this morning which is crazy again you're right it makes no sense and this morning i woke up to an email saying hi what do you mean we have reviewed (laughs) your content and determined that it may not be suitable for viewers under the age of 18 per our community guidelines i can't imagine what they're talking about seriously 
and I think he goes into what some other people have said. Watch my video. Like everybody else commented in the comments, they couldn't understand why my video would be age-restricted. Then on the other hand, you have these other videos that are not age-restricted. Of course this is annoying, but here's what becomes a more practical problem for this channel going forward. And he goes on to talk about, it's hard because you get demonetized. And as soon as they put some sort of warning for review, he can or he can say, I need a review of this. This, this doesn't violate any of your terms it could be three four days later that he finally gets approval to put it up but he's always doing things that are top of mind yeah and so then no one wants to click on it right because it's sort of out of the cycle that's how they really hose a lot of these people and keep a message from getting out there i mean it's stuff like he'll do a video on okay why some think the antichrist is here and he can disagree with it, but he's going to say, here's what people are believing right now. You might have saw this online. Here's what I think, and let's go to the Bible and talk about this. And they just don't want to allow it on there. And so what do you do about that? Nothing. No, you need to fight well, back Well, you need to fight back. That. You can push back, but I'm saying, though in the near future, they can do whatever they want. For right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, until yeah, Elon Musk buys them. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's it's a huge problem, though. All right. There's a lot more to get to. Um, multiple schools in Illinois have zero kids that can pass math or reading tests. Yeah. But we need equity. We need to teach about trans stuff. Freaking insane. That and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. So kids are learning uh, a lot in Illinois, you say. Uh, yeah, there's a depressing new report out of the, you know, on the state of public schools. 30 schools in Illinois have zero kids who can read at grade level. God. Most of those are in Chicago. Only eight mm. are outside of the Windy City. Uh, the failure list in math is even longer. There are 53 schools statewide where not one kid is proficient in math. And that comes from the Illinois State Board of Education. Uh, only one out of 10 kids can do math at grade level in 930 schools. That's more than a quarter of all the schools in the state. And what's amazing is that a lot of these schools are rated commendable by the Illinois State Board of Education. That's the second highest of four accountability ratings a school can get. That's some equity. Yeah. Well, equally poor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you know one of the biggest challenges facing teachers today? What's that? Oh, parents. Mm-hmm. Right. I heard it again today. Lives at TikTok. They had another teacher talking about this right-wing idea of parenthood. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. We have to talk about this right-wing idea of parents' rights. It's literally just fascism. As far as I can tell, <laughs> parents' rights means allowing parents to control their kids, even in ways that are harmful to their kids. <laughs> Golly. It's something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is something. Okay, fascism is actually the government telling you what to do and telling right. you that... You don't have rights. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you see, these parents, though, man, they want their kids to commit suicide. No. Is what they want if they don't affirm them. The fact of the matter is parents and caregivers who reject their children's gender identities are not taking care of their children. Kids whose families refuse to affirm their child's true gender identity are at greatly increased risk of suicide attempts, self-harm, substance abuse, homelessness, low academic performance, and other serious mental health issues. That's not true. They keep peddling out there. It's not true. And so who is it, by the way, that helps you understand who you truly are gender-wise? The kook teacher with the green and purple hair? Yeah. <laughs> You've got it all figured out, I see. Yes. And you're going to help my kid along the way. Well, her cats think that she's insightful. Right, yeah, no children of her own. Well, if their cats know how to drive, drive her to a therapist and get her help and keep her <laughs> away from the freaking kids. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's always a lot going on. All right, let's talk about the uh, train derailment and then what happened after that with the chemicals being blown up into the air in Ohio and parts of Pennsylvania, David. Yeah, well, there was a town hall last night for people who were affected by that East Palestine, Ohio train derailment a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and no one from the Biden administration bothered to show up. I guess uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, a little busy talking about what racist roads and bridges and construction workers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or something. Uh, the head of Norfolk Southern didn't show up either because they were worried about personal safety issues. Yeah, these people are mad. They might hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, some people get upset when you poison their town. Yeah. yeah. The, the um, white construction worker, by the way, from the village people, has been named as the guy who will oversee the <laughs> racism involved in construction awesome. work. Gotcha. All right. Good update. He's on Pete's speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> So Fox News. It's a rumor. Yes, was at this t- at this town hall meeting, uh, and they talked to uh, some of the residents there, and here are a few of their stories just to get a picture of what people are going through still. It smells terrible up around the house, and there is black residue on the picture surface stuff. I hit a cloud or something down in there. The, it put me in. I went to the hospital. They was worried about me having a. I've been so stressed out. They they put me on an EKG, thinking I'm going to have a freaking heart attack. My kids' friends said they lost cats. They you know their pets have been you know sick. They told me they were going to do an air quality test. Never got a call back three times. Three different agents from that number said they were coming to do an air quality test. You know, if I could, I would definitely move. I'm old. I'm not ready to die, but (laughs) I hope I don't have any after effects is what worries me. Goodness gracious. And it is this wonder for a lot of people watching this unfold. How does the EPA not show up and do a test and then give the results of the test and give updates to the people? Yeah, I I don't know. But, I mean, this is a story that plays out time and time again because the EPA is useless. 
I mean, you've got Flint, Michigan, the water crisis there. You've got Jackson, Mississippi, water crisis there. There are countless examples, both recent and in the somewhat distant past, of the federal government, which is apparently, you know, we have to have these agencies, right? Absolutely. But but apparently they don't really do anything. Maybe the EPA was a part of the government shutdown. We just didn't hear about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, a good leader takes charge of that situation. It's transportation. The EPA, whoever. I think the EPA later is going to be showing up today. Are they going to have any answers? No. I mean, the crazy thing is, man, it was a few days after they blew the thing up, and we don't even know yet if that was a very good idea because it sounds more and more like that was not a great idea. We'll wait and see. There's another train derailment near Detroit, outside Detroit mm-hmm. today. That story is currently breaking right now. What's on that train? Well, there is a car carrying hazardous materials, but they don't believe that there has been any leaks in that particular car. Okay. Again, not clear what caused the derailment, but police said there had been no injuries. But with this situation in East Palestine, dude... They say, yeah, it's okay to come back. People can smell it in the air. Yeah. And originally the EPA said, yep, water's fine. Uh, forget about the dead fish. <laughs> the funky smell from the water. Forget about that. You'll be fine. Which is weird because then when they asked the governor, well, I'd be drinking the bottled water. Yeah. Well, the EPA said at the time you were fine to drink the water. I like the way the EPA shows up and tells people it's safe while wearing hazmat suits. Of course. So I keep you up to date on that. As far as Joe Biden goes, well, he can't pay too much attention to this right now because he's laser-focused on the economy. And oh, yeah. gosh darn it, it's working. That, that's what he says. It's working. This is what he said during a speech yesterday on reducing the deficit. Okay. Gas prices are down $1.60 a gallon. They're going to come down further from their peak. And inflation is coming down. Wait a second. Has that been revised? Because I kept hearing gas is going to go up to 4 bucks. Is this brand new information? Probably not. Yeah. Take-home pay for workers has gone up. Nope. Over the past several months, we got more to do, but I'm telling you, the Biden economic plan is working. Oh, God. Like there's such a thing. Okay, when he says... Take-home pay for workers has gone up. No, it hasn't. No, real wages went down. That's that's right. And they have been going down pretty much his entire presidency. And is all of that because because of him? Well, no, of course not. The economy is a very... Uh, uh, complicated thing, but there's not really anything he's done that's helped. No. And as far as gas prices go, they are actually on the rise again. Yes. I mean, that's at least according to AAA. And then also, I don't know if you saw the breaking news from USA Today, uh, credit card debt hit another record high of nearly $1 trillion as inflation leaves consumers financially stressed. We've been talking about that, honestly, for months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually an indicator. It doesn't seem like a lot of these people pay attention to that stuff. No, they don't care. As you've said, you know, you get these different reports every month. People understand what's going on when you go to the grocery store when you're doing your budget. Well, yeah, I, and and I mean, they what the Biden administration always does is they look at uh, favorable data only, and they ignore the overwhelming majority of negative data. Man. You know what? I was going to go into this story, switching gears, going into COVID, school closings. Do you remember the woman that was the CEO of Levi's? And she had talked 
about closing down the schools. Oh, yeah. And there was a massive backlash, and she ended up getting ousted. Wrote a whole piece of the New York Post saying, you know, basically, I lost my job for opposing COVID school closings. I was right. But Democrats won't apologize. Nope. They're not going to. Don't expect it. Um, and maybe we'll have time for that a little bit later. But I want to play and just go through this for a second. And in the end, I'm not getting at anything other than we don't know what causes this. But CBS News oh god, actually did a report on young people and heart attacks. Yeah, dying of heart attacks. So uh, this is, well, it's under a minute and a half. We can just break it up here. But I just want to get your reaction as this report goes through to see what you think. Roll it out. Heart attack deaths have become more common across all age groups since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. But a recent study found that young people are actually most at risk in this case. According to Cedars-Sinai Hospital, the number of heart attack deaths among 25 to 44-year-olds in the U.S. over the first two years of the pandemic was 30 percent higher than predicted. Dr. Celine Gounder is here on set with us uh, to talk more about it. She's editor-at-large for public health at Kaiser Health News, and she is also an infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist. And Okay, before you go any further, first of all, even though I think there's some head-scratching parts of this report, at least they're talking about it. Yeah, yeah they are. And, so a lot and, of times that's against the rules for legacy media <laughs> even talk about it. A 30% increase in that demographic is pretty damned alarming. Heck yeah, it is. Of course. A CBS News medical uh, contributor, Dr. Gounder, thank mm. you for being here. Uh, what stood out to you in this study? I think the fact that you're seeing such a big increase specifically in the youngest age group, so the 25 to 44-year-olds, you saw this 30% increase in the risk of death from heart attack. And that really is quite striking. That's not a group, an age group, in which you normally see heart attacks, much less dying from a heart attack. Do we yeah. need a doctor and an expert <laughs> to tell us that? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. You don't say. All right, go ahead. So the, the, to do uh, a study like this, you look at the years prior to the pandemic and the typical rate of heart attack death in that age group, and then you see it increase and you wonder what's the new variable. And so the pandemic is that new variable. That's right. So these uh, researchers looked at 10 years of data across the U.S., all the death certificates that get filed with the CDC. Uh, that yeah, that's how the research works. You see, you look at the yeah. past and then the yeah. current. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. What is it? Good thing an expert's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that data. And so what they saw is prior to the pandemic, heart attack deaths were actually dropping. And then that trend reverses and you see those deaths go up, especially among that youngest age group during the pandemic. And do we know why the young, why younger people might be more at risk? Or We don't know for sure. <laughs> nope, My hand sprung up in class. I think I know. <laughs> Could be a whole lot of Pretty different things. Pretty sure I know. What do you think it is? I think it's the vaccine. Well, it also could be. We don't know that. See, it could be from people that got COVID. But could we at least have a conversation well, about maybe it is? No, I, I, I actually paid to access the full article just yes. to read what they're actually what they actually looked at, and for yes. three quarters of the time span that they looked at, the vaccine was not available for people in that age group. So I, I just, you know. Again, we do know that there is an increased risk in heart-related issues for people in that age group. That is true yes. with the vaccine, yes. But it does seem like what they've connected was the uh, the predictability of a wave of COVID followed then in the ensuing months with a wave in young people having heart attacks. And so 
one of the reasons why the vaccine, they think, causes or can cause heart inflammation is because it, it triggers the same immune response that COVID does. And COVID also increases the risk of heart disease, of heart inflammation. But not as much as the vaccine with the spike proteins. Not according to this particular study. The other studies that have been out, that's exactly what it has said. But again, the three quarters of this increase, the vaccine was not available for that that age group. So it doesn't. Yeah, that's why it's thirty percent over that time span. Yeah, and in that quarter percent of the time, it was up eighty <laughs> percent. Would be my guess. Yeah, no, you're probably right. It all evens out then. Yeah, no. yeah, you're you're like, well, okay, can we can we tell exactly what what are we looking at as far as people that were actually vaccinated? That's what people really want oh, yeah. to know. If you're going to do the study, then parse it out because you can get that information. But that's and when we don't hear it, that makes me. A little more curious. Well, well, and that's that's one of the reasons why, as I'm looking at this story, why it is so frustrating that apparently nobody in the news business uh, decided to spend 18 bucks to access this article, you know, and to actually see what the data is, because Mm -hmm. what they're saying there certainly does not actually link it to the vaccine distribution. Um, So it, it just doesn't. I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying in this particular case. It doesn't. And I hope I Link hope it's not. I really do. No, me too. Because the thing about how many people are going to suffer in the coming years yeah. that don't know it yet. I, and I hope I don't. It's not like I want to be right. But man, when it is someone from CBS mm-hmm. to throw that out there and you've seen studies from overseas. And I hate to say it, man, when it's a study done now in the United States about COVID or the vaccine compared to whether it's Denmark, Israel, somewhere else, I usually take their information quicker than I would the United States, only because we follow news every day. And I've seen the United States and the studies that we've done that get thrown out there are not accurate. Well, Well, politics gets all tangled up in the CDC. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, in this case, as we were just kind of joking with the CBS News, the first half of this interview with the expert was establishing what a study is. Oh, <laughs> instead of actually saying, hey, what do people think? I think NBC actually right. did a story on it a couple of weeks ago. And the jumping off point was a young lady who was a college basketball player who had heart inflammation and was out for, I guess, part of or maybe a whole season mm-hmm. uh, because of myocarditis. Now, she got it again. And uh, I guess it was spring of 2020 okay. is when she was diagnosed. So she had gotten covid and that was what sidelined her. Um so, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. I don't, I, I mean, there's every reason to distrust all of the so-called experts, especially here in this country. But that's also why I think at this point, if people are wanting to restore some credibility, mm-hmm. actually take the time, if you're a CBS News or an NBC, to study what the study says, actually, instead yes. of just assuming what some talking head is saying. Yes. And also, look at who paid for the study. Yeah. Yeah. That helps, too. Oh, more information on the Twitter files. That seems to be a lost story, but it's pretty fascinating stuff. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. 
You, know, you tell your friends, part of your family, the government's lying to you. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, there's crazy Uncle Jimmer again. <laughs> Or Uncle Scott or Uncle Dave or whatever. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the Twitter file should help with that, I guess, but someone has to actually read it to know what was in it. Yeah. To know exactly what happened. Matt Taibbi, you know, he used to be with Rolling Stone. You're a big fan of his, Scott. I am. Uh, he was talking with Joe Rogan again recently um, about all the Twitter files and what they found out. And he was asked by Joe, has anything been surprising to you? He said, you know... Going into it, I thought the relationship between these security agencies like the FBI and DHS and companies like Twitter and Facebook was a little less formal, like maybe an advisory role. But what we found is it was very formalized, like a really intense structure that they've worked out over a period of years. And he mentioned a couple things that really did sort of surprise him. This was one. I was was especially shocked by uh, an email from... Uh, a staffer for Adam Schiff, the congressperson, the California congressman. And they're just outright saying, we would like you to suspend the accounts of this journalist (laughs) and anybody who retweets information about this committee. (laughs) You know, I mean, this is is a a member of Congress. Yeah. (laughs) Saying they should they should know better than that, but that was sort of the agreement that was going on. Right. They didn't think it was ever going to end. They got away with it. And then he talked about them setting up this signal group, which is going to include all the top censorship executives at all these companies. He said, and it's a Word document that has all the phone numbers of these important executives. It's actually kind of wild, man, because you can hear him sort of laughing about it. Sort of censorship executives at all the big companies. And it's a Word document that has all the phone numbers of all these important executives. And the email just, the subject line reads, phone numbers, uh, right? And the word doc is just called secret phone numbers. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this is how they taught you to do it at Quantico? (laughs) Really? You know? Like, so anytime you need to get in touch, you know, get stuff censored, here's the phone numbers, here's the people to reach. Which is unbelievable. Secret phone numbers. (laughs) Avert your eyes. It's just amazing to me. <laughs> a quick question. This was out of a survey. Scott, you can ask uh, answer first if you would like. Is scheduled sex just as good as the spontaneous kind? Who cares? <laughs> well, they want your opinion. Yeah. Is it just as good? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. David? Considering I went O for high school, uh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Either way. People said, yeah. Whichever, it's good. Yeah, One is not necessarily better than another. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Uh, man, I think it, part of it is the uh, new record for credit card debt that has been hit or set God. in mm-hmm. America. A trillion dollars combined. Uh, because more and more people, as we know, have been dra- draining their savings accounts and putting things on cards, high interest cards, that is going to take a long time to pay back, I mean, it is a bad situation, which is why I get so burned up when I hear Biden or any of these other failures in the White House talking about how the Biden economic plan is working. Objectively, that is false. Well, not only that, man, but I think about all the able-bodied males that aren't working. Right. I'll just put it on the card to worry about it later. Okay. Oh, an update on electric vehicles. You got to hear it. Straight ahead, right here.
David Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the president is going to be speaking today. Yeah. We'll have more on that a little bit. Apparently going to be speaking in about half an hour or so. Okay. Which really means <laughs> about, about an what? hour from now. About the uh, uh, the unidentified aerial objects or however they're going to be framing it now that were shot down over the weekend. Yeah. Timely. I was just going to say, yeah. well... It's Thursday. Well, listen. Are you going to talk about the baby formula crisis, too? <laughs> well, again, I mean, you, you can only do these types of speeches every so often. Blood transfusions don't just work immediately. You know, no, that's you gotta, true. You gotta... Susan B. Anthony Dollar? <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about electric vehicles again. Yeah, he was. Uh, he said, we need to build more charging stations. And he went back to this old story that I, I, I don't think it's true, but... Uh, he claims his grandfather built gas stations back when gas stations were new, and people his were worried about. His grandpa did a lot. His grandpa did a lot. I know. Okay, roll it out. Because people said, "Wait a minute, I'm not sure we want to put those thousand-gallon drums under the, under the ground here, you know, in my neighborhood." But every gas station that got built, what happens? All of a sudden, you have a fast food store nearby. All of a sudden, you have you build the community. What we're doing with these charging stations is the same thing my grandpa did. I'm not joking. Think about it. You're building communities, little tiny communities. It builds the region. It takes care of things. So putting an electric vehicle charging station at an existing gas station will build out a community. That's, hmm. Wow, man. Next he, thing you know, got a Carl's Jr. showing up. <laughs> Dollar store. The dude can't get through a sentence. I just saw in a recent poll, what was that, it, real clear? That in a head-to-head matchup, he would beat Trump? I'm like, I understand there's some people that can't stand Trump, but really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! That can't be! But it is. Um, I don't know if you saw this on electric vehicles, but... There's a whole piece in the Wall Street Journal, and I've heard this before, asking the question, could electric vehicles be hacked? Because cybersecurity experts have warned, hey, man, there's ripe targets as far as hacking goes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay, what would that look like? What would it mean? So as it goes on in the story, it talks about, well, of course, electric vehicles are packed with chips and software that control everything from their batteries and motors to cruise control and braking. Plugged into chargers almost daily, sending information back and forth over charging networks or the Internet, and they communicate wirelessly with the companies that made them. And the EV dealers, cellular and home Wi-Fi networks, and apps on their owners' phones. So of all of that, holy smokes, what could go wrong? They throw out the nightmare possibility. Hackers spread malicious software to thousands or millions of electric vehicles. The attacks paralyze the cars until their owners pay a fee. Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling your reaction yeah. was going to be something like this. Here we go. In much the same way that ransomware can shut down a computer network until the hackers get money. Even worse, hackers might be able to corrupt an EV's charging system and overload the battery, potentially igniting it. Or hijack a vehicle's acceleration and braking, leading to an accident. Mm-hmm. Someone takes over the pedal. 
Hey, yeah. see, this is the thing, right? I mean, haven't we been talking about this? It's like you don't have enough charging stations. That was one concern. The other concern was the battery, the life of the battery, the yeah. existence of the batteries. Yeah. And I've never even thought about this one. Somebody well, taking control of my gas pedal while I'm driving down the road. Well, if you think that's just some kook making that up, this was Stuart Madnick, professor and cybersecurity expert at the man, uh, what is it? Massachusetts Institute of Technology. MIT. Imagine the cars start driving erratically. That is well within the realm of feasibility. Oh, mm-hmm. See, here we go. It just takes over, man. Yeah. <laughs> like an old movie. Right. <laughs> I don't find it funny. It's the look on your face well, no. that's making me crack up. Some kid in his bedroom is running your car while it's going down the interstate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Got to admit, though, man, if... David and I could hack your vehicle and then just mess with you and oh, have a video of it. <laughs> We'd never do it, Scott. I guarantee you, we would not. We would not. <laughs> well, it happened to me during the Super Bowl. What do you mean? That stupid ad came on for what was it? Where my screen came up and it was oh, the yeah. cursor was moving, <laughs> and I, I, I literally like, what is going on? <laughs> a lot of people remote, had that complaint. You know, yes, damn, you weren't the only one there. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's just talking about yes, they could easily be hacked. Yeah, no. I I will ne- I do not want one of these high-tech electric vehicles or really any sort of guidance system no. on any vehicle because of the threat. I mean, dude, that's terrifying. Have you ever heard heard it put quite like that? I mean, uh, well, in a science fiction book I read by Jonathan Mayberry years ago, it was the, okay. uh, there was like one software package that was basically at the root of all these different autonomous vehicles and whatnot, and then all of yeah. a sudden they just start smashing into one another. Right. Sort of like Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Which book? With the ACDC soundtrack. This was a terrible movie. Okay. I, I haven't read that book, but I don't want to now. <laughs> oh, no, I'd stay away from nightmare. That. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, dang. Um, Radio stations changing, too, on their own. In your case, that might not be a terrible thing. Well, that could manipulate all sorts of things, though, couldn't it? You don't want to fall asleep while you're driving. You know what I mean. I'm here to help, not to hurt. You know that. Electricity under the seat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. By the way, and apologies before we move on to Robbins the couple of days that you weren't here. You had heard from people that we were ripping on you. I don't think that was true at all. No, we were having some fun, and one time you were caught sing- I mentioned you sing a lot in the studio off air, and it was captured one time, do, yeah. and you were singing Firefall, and it sounded like this. I say, welcome home to the love that got away. Now, if that's considered ripping you, I guess we did. I thought it was a loving tribute when you weren't here the last couple well, of days. Well, I'm sure that wasn't it, but and, and I'm sure it was more you than David, but anyway. Actually, I heard I heard it was both you guys. So well, I, I, don't know. I, I did chime in at, at one point, and our, our friends in Portland know this. Uh, I may have suggested that you were off because of a Valentine's Day Viagra mishap. <laughs> I see, which I see. Something okay. lasted longer than four hours, and see, you were seeking you medical treatment. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's why I can't. I got to come back. I mean, even though I don't, even though I'm not 100, percent I got to come back. Because if not, this whole thing, I'm just kidding. I'll never survive it. Okay, moving on. I don't want to be paranoid or anything, but that's all I ever think about when I'm not here. What are they saying? You always know. If someone, if one of us isn't here, they're getting ripped on. That's just part of the way it goes. Well, except you. 
I always hear about you guys ripping on me. Did we rip on him? Of course. Maybe we did. Okay. Racist dogs. This is our next problem in America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a a new effort underway in California to ban police from using dogs to arrest or apprehend suspects. It would also ban police from using them uh, for crowd control. So the lawmaker who is putting this out there is a newly elected assembly member, Corey Jackson, uh, said the use of violent, uh, I'm sorry, the use of police canines has been the backbone of this country's history of racial bias and violence against black Americans. Jackson said the police canines were first used by slave catchers. Well, that's, again, historically inaccurate, but, you know, dogs working in law enforcement and military goes well before American history. Um, Anyway, they are a violent carryover from America's dark past. He said, quote, that is a vicious and unforgiving part of our history that has created nightmares, that has institutionalized and created generational trauma in the black community for centuries. And I, I really bring this up, one, because, of course, it's ridiculous, you know, this idea that police dogs are inherently racist. But it reminded me of an old Chappelle show bit where they had the show Frontline doing serious investigative journalism, mm-hmm. and they were investigating racist animals in Hollywood. <laughs> Roll it. For years, Rin Tin Tin was adored by countless Americans for his TV exploits. That is, until recent allegations surfaced. That dog that you call Rin Tin Tin, I call racist. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rin Tin Tin... As the story goes in the Chappelle show bit, was uh, a dog that attacked a civil rights activist. <laughs> and then, as the bit goes on, the whistleblower on Rin Tin Tin opened up the floodgates for other racist examples. Uh-oh. In subsequent weeks, more African Americans came forward with similar accusations against iconic animals. Mr. Ed, that disgusting bigot-ass horse. Mr. Ed, take four. Oh, I better get out of here. Took you long enough. (laughs) The estate of Mr. Ed did issue this statement. If it's any consolation, his best friend was the Black Stallion. (laughs) (laughs) The comedy of like 20 years ago is the reality of today. How often have we seen that over the last five years? It's amazing, dude. Particularly with Chappelle. Yes. Yeah. Well, the way he delivers that one line is so great. I call Rin Tin Tin. I call racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole bit, I mean, it's a, more of a visual, but you see, like, they, they exhume the body of Rin Tin Tin and bring in a veterinary bite expert to, to compare it to a scar that's on that guy's butt. Oh, well, yes, we can conclusively say that was Rin Tin Tin. I told you. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle is hated by a lot of people in the, quote, trans community. Oh, yeah. Um, now, are you telling me right now, David, the Associated Press is saying Republicans want to erase the legal existence of trans people? Yeah, and and the jumping off point is this bill in Kansas and proposals uh, in several, not only in Kansas, but other proposals in uh, other states. Uh, they say, have LGBTQ rights advocates worried about sweeping Republican-led efforts to erase the legal existence of transgender people? And so the Kansas bill in question um, 
they're talking about defining male and female in state law and base people's legal legal gender identities on their anatomy at birth, a.k.a. how human history has done it since its inception. Correct. Um, but now apparently that's hateful and wanting to erase trans people and yada, yada, yada. Um, and they say nationally, conservatives are pushing dozens of proposals in state houses to restrict transgender athletes, gender affirming care and drag shows. It's not drag shows. It's don't 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 groom the kids, you freak show. Right. That's, that's what Stay it is. Stay away from the kids. And and you say gender affirming care. I call it castration. Correct. Because that's what it is. Yes. Uh, and as far as restricting as child abuse, transgender athletes. That's calling protect. That's called protecting women's sports. Correct. And yeah, we're all going to get called bigots because of that. Yeah, I don't care. Don't care. I okay. So some group of people that thinks it's fine to castrate children. Yep. Thinks I'm a bigot. I'm I'm fine with that. If they consider me their enemy or a bad guy, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I do not want to be right. I do not yeah. want to be on the side of history that was pro castration. No. Goodness gracious, man. I mean, we're just getting the tip of the iceberg on as far as lawsuits go. Oh, from yeah. people that are going to detransition. Yeah. Okay, much more to get to. Oh, the happiest song of all time? See if you agree. Straight ahead. All right, the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Just saw a headline. The governor of Ohio says FEMA still denying assistance for East Palestine. What? Well, yeah, why not? I mean, who cares? That's how the federal government sees small-town America. It's how they've always seen small-town America. And it's one of those things, you know, when something happens in Flint, when something happens in Jackson, Mississippi, media wants to make it all about race. No, it's not just about race. It's because the federal government literally does not care about small town America. It's true. It's disgusting. But it's absolutely true. So get an update on that a little bit later. And the FBI is searching for possibly more classified documents from Biden, Delaware. Where are they at this time? University of Delaware. Okay. We'll see what happens. What's that all about? And he's supposed to talk about maybe, you know, the things have been flying around the United States. Yeah. yeah it was Interesting. Scheduled for 2 o'clock Eastern, but uh, that really means like, I don't know, 3 o'clock Eastern, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, not just shot down in the United States, but our friends up north. Canada. Yes. As Jean Pierre would yeah. say, Canada. Yeah. You know. A friend of mine sent me a note the other day saying, I got news for you, pal. Rush is the biggest group ever to come out of Canada. Yes. Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And did you just see another update on something else, David? Uh, well, Don Lemon, who claimed that Nikki Haley isn't in her prime because she's 51. Oh, buddy. Even though he's 56. That's really funny. Talk about stepping on the rake. Uh, said that this morning on CNN about Nikki Haley running for president, and uh, uh, he has apologized, <laughs> but not really. 
Oh, so let me let me pull this up here. Do you uh, want me to play the original clip? Uh, sure. Here you go. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry, when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her twenties and thirties and maybe forties. What do you talking acor- about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, yeah. It depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> Don Lamont. Now, uh, yeah, he he writes uh, on Twitter, the reference I made to a woman's prime this morning was inartful and irrelevant, as colleagues and loved ones have pointed out, and I regret it. A woman's age doesn't define her either personally or professionally. I have countless women in my life who prove that every single day. Which isn't actually even an apology. kind of a half-assed apology. To to Nikki Haley, I mean... Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna pass or not. Yeah. Not quite sure. Oh, I mentioned uh supposed to be the happiest song of all time. Um happiest? Yeah, it's done by science. Okay. Major chord structure and the way it rolls along and it's good vibrations. Which honestly is one of your favorites, Scott. Good song. Happiest of all time? I don't know about that, but I've never thought of a song as being the happiest of all time. What's happier than that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you throw that question at me, I don't know. Now you sound irritated. No, I don't know. If you- Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, and a news update, David Van Camp. So Joe Biden is supposed to start speaking at any moment now on the unidentified flying objects the U.S. shot down over, uh, what, last weekend, between Mm -hmm. Friday and Sunday. We don't know what they are. You know, of course, tensions are high after he let that Chinese spy balloon fly across the country. People are wondering, is this from China? Is this from Russia? What's going on here? Well, now we have a possible update from Aviation Week. Oh. I want to read you the uh, lead here. A small globe-trotting balloon declared missing in action by an Illinois-based hobbyist club on February 15th has emerged as a candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by four heat-seeking missiles launched by the U.S. Air Force. (laughs) Yes! So, the club is the Northern Illinois uh, Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. Now, they're not directly blaming the Air Force for shooting down their balloon that they got for $12, but (laughs) (laughs) however, the missing balloon was located in the Yukon the same day a Lockheed Martin F-22 shot down an unidentified object of similar description and altitude in the same general area. The descriptions of all three unidentified objects shot down match the shapes, altitudes, and payloads of the small, what are called Pico balloons, which can usually be purchased for anywhere from $12 to $180 each, depending on the type. Gosh dang it, I want one of their t-shirts. I know, like, listen, okay, I did not realize that high-altitude balloon 
was like a, a hobby thing. I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm not judging. I'm not either. No. If this is true, the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade just <laughs> won the hobby forever. <laughs> they are the undisputed kings of the hobby of sending small balloons into the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you actually got the U.S. Air Force to shoot down one of your balloons, that is legendary. <laughs> Again, man, you know, there are a lot of get-togethers across the country, like a balloon fest where they all come together, right? They're flying the balloons, but not quite like what you're describing here. Right. <laughs> you know, joked about it several times, saying, "What? okay, is it going to be embarrassing if it turns out to be a weather balloon? Mm-hmm. And some people think that actually could be what it was. So this is really something. Now, do you think Biden's actually going to mention that today? I, I uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, why would you be giving an update if you're not actually going to be providing more information? Right. But I, I don't know. But it is going to be hilarious if it finds out that he was so embarrassed, as he should have been, for letting a Chinese spy balloon float across the entire United States, mm-hmm. that he's starting to shoot down hobbyists' balloons as well. He couldn't make it up, man. What's the name of this club again? It is the uh, Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, also known as the NI Triple B. See that beautiful balloon? That's awesome. I say we take that $440,000 missile and take that sucker out. (laughs) And they said there was a payload on the bottle cap balloon? What was the payload? Payload is kind of a generic term that there's just something on it. And yeah, what was it? Yeah. There's, uh, in this case at least, it's got just a, a tracking monitor on it, basically. So these hobbyists can figure out how high it was, where it was, how far it went, that kind of stuff. Golly, Dave. Man. I can't get enough of the fifth dimension, man. I've heard this in a long time. The guys in the, in the club are saying, hey, we've been trying to contact people, let them know, hey, was this our balloon? Because, by the way, here are the coordinates of where we think the balloon was. And, boy, it seems like there is a, an eerie similarity here. Wow. Well, Chuck's out 12 bucks too. <laughs> Damn. You know what, man? I wouldn't even want I wouldn't even want any sort of compensation if I were in these guys' shoes. I just want the video from the cockpit. Oh yeah. yeah. Of like, hey, there hey, remember that time the US military blew our balloon out of the sky? Aren't those <laughs> missiles per missile like several million dollars? It's like four hundred and forty grand. Yeah. Forty or forty thousand dollars. You shoot a twelve dollar balloon. And they missed the first one. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Now, I don't know. The, that was over Lake Huron, right? The one oh, that's that they right. Missed. That's right. So I, yes. I don't know if that was I'm a hobbyist correct. balloon. But the people at the, uh, the NIBBB are saying, we think they are. They were all these Pico balloons. Okay. Wow. Okay. More on that a little bit later. Wow, man. As far as East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah. You got, it still smells there. People don't trust what they're being told. It's a mess. And (laughs) to get a test as far as air quality and water quality, and I've heard different people say this, is anywhere from like 15 to 50 grand? Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, ladies who's trying to get a test done, and and she's the lady who says that Norfolk Southern sent a testing company to her home, but they wanted to sign some liability waiver, and she didn't do it. 
because she didn't know what she was actually signing away. And she was on Tucker Carlson's show last night saying that, yeah, she's trying to raise the money for independent water and air quality testing. It's very expensive. We've we've had people, uh, three different companies from environmental services, uh, give us quotes, and those retainers are anywhere from fifteen to fifty thousand dollars. And I can speak from experience, and I can say that not many people in the area can afford that. Oh, so if we want to get you know unbiased answers, then then we have to spend money that we don't have. How's the federal government not there, providing it? Yeah, that's it good shouldn't question. cost them a nickel. No. Well, they're, they're too busy tracking down hobbyist balloons. <laughs> that is infuriating. Oh, yeah. Well, and then we'll send you the bill. 15 to 50 grand? Yeah. Dude, it's so maddening. Okay. And I think we'll have an update on this coming up in a bit as well. Um, all right, let's get to the Georgia lawmaker, this racist idiot. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. Georgia lawmakers are looking at putting up a monument to honor Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, which makes sense. This is a guy who was born to a poor black family in Georgia. They were descended from slaves, and he wound up on the Supreme Court. That's a pretty cool story. It's an incredible story. Uh, I mean, even I don't care what your politics are. If you're like doing Yas Queen over Ruth Bader Ginsburg, come on. Right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Democrats don't like it, though, because he's a conservative, though. Uh, here is uh, State Senator Emanuel Jones. Okay. We have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. And Uncle Tom is a, either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave masters that's well one no uncle tom again is from a book called uncle, uncle tom's cabin, cabin. Mm-hmm. who's not a real person you mean it's not from the warrant song no <laughs> no no uh and in the book at least tom is beaten to death for refusing to betray the whereabouts of two uh, two enslaved people mm-hmm. like he's a hero in the book now some racists who put on minstrel shows in the 1850s, turned him into something else, and that's where the term Uncle Tom comes from. But, man, if you're going to call a great American story, or at least reduce the great American story of Clarence Thomas down to just him being an Uncle Tom, you should be ashamed of yourself. And you don't even know what it means or where yeah, it came from. You should at least and know that. you're dumb enough to admit it in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> Because you're making a stand. Yeah. Seriously, that person should be called out by everybody. Yeah. The left and the right, it's not going to happen. But it's really amazing, man. Yep, uh, that's a black American. What is it? Whoa, hold on. They they have some conservative values? Uh, doesn't count as black. That's insanity. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that update. Meanwhile... We had a preschool teacher ditching class for what? Oh, uh, to, in favor of a Black Lives Matter march in the preschool. So the in, group, this pre, in the preschool? Yeah, in the preschool. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on a second. There are still BLM marches going on? Well, I think this... So, so the backstory here is the group that oversees the daycare centers in North Carolina, um, they have put out some training videos, and they actually uh, are sharing a documentary that can uh, inform... 
you know, daycare providers for four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and, and whatnot. This is an anti-bias documentary. The Washington Free Beacon uh, dug this up, followed a couple of teachers at two West Coast schools. Uh, here's a teacher talking about how she dropped everything because the kids, the kids decided on their own they wanted to do a Black Lives Matter march. Okay. One of the children said, we need to support Black Lives Matter, and we need to make signs, and we need to hang them up so that people know that black lives matter and it's so important. And I was like, great, let's look to the children for the ideas. Uh, No, you're there to teach the children and maybe where all the money went. (laughs) Patrice Cullors unavailable for comment that it turned out to be a scam. And there are many black lives matter chapters across the country that are saying, where's our freaking money? Yeah. But let the children lead the way. We're going back to that. Tomorrow we'll get the paper, we'll get the paint. No, Nadia, this is really important work. We can't wait till tomorrow. We have to do it now. Yes, let's do it now. You're right. This is important work. It can't wait till tomorrow. No, they're children. You're the one in charge, you dope. So that was really important for me to really just take a step back and let them be the leaders in this. That's exactly what our kids need right now. Yeah. You're fired. If there was any justice at all. Yeah, they can't read the sign they were just willing to hold, but hey. And you know what? You could make the argument that person that just said all that nonsense is a really nice person. They might be. I don't know. But get out of that gig. Yeah. What happens if it was some kid that was really racist and came in and said, I think it's important. We should do a Ku Klux Klan rally today. Yeah, you would oh, say. Oh, yes, it is important. You would probably well, worry greatly about the home life. Of course you would. But this is different because we're on the right side. What? No, that's nonsense. Preschool. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, it looks like we may have a treat before the show is over. Mm-hmm. I think Joe is going to be speaking. We may have some audio. Because he's going to do some explaining about what's been going on up in the skies in the United States. Don't want to miss that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. show thank you so much for being here i'm jamie markley jen xer david van camp the millennial sexy boomer scott robbins okay so we got an update (laughs) okay yes they had the uh, story from aviation week uh, uh just a few moments ago about the balloons that were shot out of the sky over the weekend yeah three of them right mm-hmm. And there is a hobbyist group called the, what is it? The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. The <laughs> Nibababub. Um, they, I'm not sure if they refer to themselves as that, but that's they are the Nibababub. Um, they said, hey, one of our little balloons that we got for like 12 bucks, that's that was over the Yukon, and I'm pretty sure that's what Biden just blew out of the sky. Now, the president then, speaking just moments ago... <laughs> Confirmed it. it. 
Roll it. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. So, yes. So I just want to say, Nibbubub, <laughs> you just won recreational ballooning. You won. That was pretty good. You got an F-22 scrambled up in the sky to shoot down your thing that you got for like 12 bucks. That's awesome. That's embarrassing, just, too. I would but. love to hear all of the conversations that will be going on across the country this afternoon from people that have talked at work saying, no way that was a weather balloon, right? No way. Really? You think? No, it couldn't be. But he went on. He was also talking about, here's what we're going to do about the balloons. Yes. Okay. First, we will establish a better inventory of unmanned airborne objects in space above the United States airspace and make sure that inventory is accessible and up to date. Second, we'll implement further measures to improve our capacity to detect unmanned uh, objects in our airspace. Third, we'll update the rules and regulations for launching and maintaining unmanned objects in the skies above the United States of America. Hmm. And fourth, yes. Now, my Secretary of State will lead an effort to help establish a global, a global, common global norms. You got blinking on that, do you? Yeah. What a track record of success there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. We're so doomed. It's not, I know we're Here's screwed, the thing, man. man. We are screwed. Next question. And, and there may be an answer to this. Why did it take days to get that message out there? I I suppose because it was such a small object, at least in the case of what the Nibibub, um <laughs> is saying. That's a very small object in a very big open space. And so maybe they were uh, trying to uh, analyze any video footage, any surveillance footage that they saw. But as far as the Northern Illinois or the Nimbabub, as yeah. you say, they were trying to contact people. Yeah. For days. Yeah. Is no one answering the phone? Yeah. Well, you got, you You're going to voicemail. Remember hey, who I, you're dealing with. Our balloon. At, 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 at the Defense Department, okay. you know, we talked about this yesterday. We got the guy heading up the Defense Department is Lloyd Austin. The guy yes. who in 2015 was behind <laughs> the effort to train moderate Syrians to fight against ISIS. They spent half a billion dollars on it. And the result was four or five Syrian fighters. Not four or five thousand, four or five. Four or five hundred then. Four or five dozen. Four or five. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably like, well, uh, obviously this can't have been, we can't have missed it this much. You know, let this Chinese, this obvious Chinese spy balloon that people can see from the ground, we, we gotta, we gotta react somehow. Obviously, we wouldn't have used all the tools and might of the American military to take down some hobbyist balloon that he got for 12 bucks on eBay. Oh, wait, we did? But we did. Yeah. Hmm. I guess Joe wasn't uh, somehow compromised by Nibbubub. <laughs> <laughs> so that one we shot down, but China's let her roll, baby. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, I think I know what the biggest story of the day is yeah, now. Yeah. That, that, that Joe Biden has declared war on Nibibib <laughs> on the Northern <laughs> Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, man. 
Oh, we are so screwed. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty big story. So we got to get to that. Um, we also should get to uh, the UK's largest pediatric gender clinic. Apparently ignored autism connection in teens seeking sex changes. Oh, boy. They just ignored it. Wow. God. And then we got Scott Robbins trifecta. You got your three already? Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> and a news update straight ahead right here. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, before the Scott Robbins trifecta news update. David Van Camp, I'm sorry, man. This is unbelievable. The president came out and addressed the nation about the unidentified flying objects that were shot down over the weekend. Mm-hmm. One over Canada, one over Alaska, and one over uh, Lake Huron. And uh, he said that the Assessment is now that they were hobby balloons or part of some sort of scientific research. So you got a grad student who probably just lost a semester or two's worth of work. Uh, And according to, again, I want to get the, the phrasing right. According to the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, Nibbabub, uh, the one that was shot down over Canada was their balloon. They, or at least they think it was, because it was in the same general location mm-hmm. when the Air Force <laughs> sent an F-22 up in the air to blow it out of the sky. <laughs> and it's a $12 balloon that was Twelve shot bucks. down. Yeah. Took a $440,000 missile yeah. to take out the $12 balloon. I mean, if, if we're talking roughly the same size over uh, Lake Huron, then I guess it makes more sense why the Air Force pilot had to use two missiles. Because that's a very small target, okay? Now now it makes a lot more sense that they missed on the first one. Yeah. Joe Biden said NATO is being uh, rallied around to stop nib nib <laughs> Yeah, he declared war on some hobby group in northern Illinois. <laughs> the backing and support. The U.N. Human Rights Council is about right. to issue a strong condemnation on Joe Biden's relentless assault on balloon hobbyists in America. Right. We promise to rebuild their club. <laughs> Seriously, man, the, the Pentagon needs to send that group like a, a get well soon card or something. <laughs> be hilarious. Oh, yeah. All I can think about right now, and I don't know if they did this when you were in grade school, David, by the time you were, you know, in grade school in what, the 90s? But as a project, you would like put this little note attached to a balloon, and all the school kids would let it go, and to see wherever it would land, then would you get a letter back? Ah, yeah. Well,. <laughs> Children are crying tonight because their balloon was shot down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every birthday party in America is on high alert right now. 
Oh my goodness. They got so humiliated by getting that balloon shaped rectal exam from China mm-hmm. that now they're just blowing everything out of the sky. And I just hope they get this out of their system before the geese start migrating back to Canada. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, they spotted another one they shot down. It was a mylar that said, Congratulations, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know we got to get to the trifecta quick. I saw this at Daily Wire, just to mention it. The UK's largest pediatric gender clinic, remember this, Tavistock? They were shutting that thing down? Yeah. Because of all the uh-huh, gender-affirming care? Right. Apparently a new book is claiming that they ignored the connection to autism that so many kids have had with gender dysphoria. They knew it and ignored it. It's crazy, man. They ignored evidence that 97.5% of children seeking chemical and surgical sex reassignment services had autism, depression, or other problems that may have explained their unhappiness. That's okay. Golly. Yeah. Yeah, this will make you all happy. Dan, we're going to make a bunch of money. Some staff, as the story says, feared that they could be unnecessarily medicating autistic children. What, that's that's a dirty little secret that we've talked about I know. on this show, that the number of kids, especially, who undergo this treatment are on the autism spectrum. Yes. And that means, to me, that, that just bolsters, at least my, my thinking, that the surgeons who are actually performing these unnecessary medical uh, procedures on these kids, they should be in prison. This should be a crime. You're taking advantage of kids who are already uh, at a disadvantage. Uh, It's just not okay. It's not acceptable. Well, I'll just leave you with this. So in the book, and it reports that, you know, less than 2% of kids in the UK have an autism spectrum disorder. But it's approximately 35% of the referrals for sex change is from that group. Oh, my gosh, it's just... Holy smoke. The more information that comes out, it's no wonder that they want everything silenced. They don't want this to get out. Oh, no. There should be people going to prison. Wow. Okay, you ready for your big three? Yeah. Let's All go. right, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta, helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. You miss me? Love's gone? Yes. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Say it again. I'm back. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, uh, the Wall Street Journal has a money-saving tip. Just skip breakfast. (laughs) This is so funny. (laughs) It is, but it isn't, right? In an article from the Wall Street Journal, they said to save money, hey, everybody, blow through breakfast. Don't even bother with it. Now, you know the price of breakfast, you know, eggs and bacon and things that go along traditionally with breakfast has skyrocketed. So they said it might be better off with just having a cup of joe in the morning and heading to work. Now, I have another suggestion. If you skip breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you save even more money. That's true. <laughs> you know? You know, starvation, underrated. Right. It also makes you lose weight. Right. I mean, and who doesn't like somebody sexy with a sexy distended belly, huh? <laughs> 
Was there anything else to it other than just money saving? No, money saving, a tip. There, just skip. Just have a cup of coffee and and go to work and ignore your rumbling. And at lunch, then eat your lunch and dinner. But because there's been a different movement too, but I guess not related to this of people that say that they're not exactly breakfast people. Yeah, that you are better off skipping it. But it's not for the money. It's just because it's better for your health. It's almost like when you're always told most important meal of the day yeah, is good breakfast, breakfast that yeah. sort of thing. There's pushback on that. Well, I think it might be if you're a kid going to school, you know, to have something in your stomach so you're more focused, you're not hungry before lunch at school. Yeah. Maybe. I, th- I don't know. Th- it, it's hard to know what studies are right and what's not, right. what your ultimate goal is. But, yeah, that yeah, seems agree. kind of funny. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Uh, number two, there's a new term for males and females, you're telling me. Yeah, the Ecology and Evolutionary Biology Language Project, there is such a thing, now claims that the proper terms for male and female should be replaced. Males should be called sperm-producing and women called egg-producing. Supposedly binary terms like male and female are not inclusive. And scientists from the U.S. and Canada said that they've included this in their academics from Harvard, Princeton, University of California, suggesting that they be banned. Hold on a second. So sperm producing is inclusive? Is yeah. inclusive. How? Yes. Yeah, it, it, that well, actually doesn't t- make any sense. That's because, a tough one, I think, yeah. Because there are men who do not produce sperm. They produce eggs. No, I mean, no. There, are, there are men who aren't clinically insane. <laughs> women insane. who want to be men, I guess. No, I'm saying there are men who actually don't produce sperm. This whole thing is so confusing to me. Like actual men. Sperm right. producing and egg producing. Got it? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. It's ridiculous. You will do it. No, we won't do it. <laughs> You'll like it. No. And the egg producing ones are very valuable, sir. <laughs> so that's what it's going to be like now? On your driver's license? Yeah. yeah. Sperm, Sperm producing. <laughs> Just have a little squiggly thing there and then like an egg next to the, next to the female one. Suspect, suspect is identified as a white sperm producer, uh, <laughs> roughly 6'4", last seen heading down 1st Street, southbound. Allegedly in cahoots with an egg producer. Now it's oh, we'll see. the band is going to have to be called Sperm Producers Without Hats now. <laughs> Now, sperm producers at work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Robin's sperm producers. <laughs> oh, we could go on and on. One. Number, number one. one. Uh, Don Lemon went full-on misogynist while talking about Nikki Haley. Unbelievable. Nikki Haley, uh, what, her first campaign, I guess, address since she announced she was going to run for president said we need competency, competency tests. I'm sorry, I'm drinking out of Joe's mug here. For lawmakers over the age of 75. She said these, these, well, they're just too damn old. And, that, you know, competency is a problem, and we can't have that at this high level of government. Taking a shot not only at, at uh, Biden, but also at Trump, right, at the same time. Sounds like it. She's saying they're just they're over the hill. I mean, they're past their prime. They shouldn't be doing it. Well, Don Lemon took exception to that and wanted to point out that Nikki Haley, too, is... Past her prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking about? Acor- that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you, look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. Google- <laughs> that's unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm still stunned when I hear that. Yeah, when David first played that today, I'm like, holy that, that smokes. jackass said that. 
And, and you can hear the, the pushback is there. But oh, yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah. I mean, she's like, prime for what? What are you talking yeah, about? Right. And, well, and there, there's already tension with that crew. Oh, I know. It's pretty well documented. Yeah. So then he had to walk it back. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he sort of apologized, sort but not to of. Nikki Haley. Directly. Said, anyway. said that it was like inartful what he said or something like that. Yeah, along I, I really, those lines. I really do think. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a hot take or too spicy for the pepper, but one of the reasons why he has no concept of when women are quote-unquote in their prime is because he's a 56-year-old gay man. He's never had to play in that arena. <laughs> I, well, that, that is true. It's just an observation, right? And, right, I, and I'm just telling you as, uh, as a... Are you talking about what kind of prime are we talking Are you talking about physical prime? We're we talking well, about work prime? Well, I, I'm just saying as a... It's well established that I am a connoisseur of... Gauging attractiveness in older ladies. Oh, I get. What I would argue now. that women really don't yes. even hit their prime in that arena until they're about fifty. Because again, if There's, you're new to the show, David grew up watching the Golden Girls. Yeah, and I, we think this is where this started early on. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. I'll, I'll just tell you, man. I'll I'll take B. Arthur from the Golden Girls over Megan Fox any day. Wow. Okay. I mean, who am I to judge? So I'm just curious, though, if you don't mind me asking a personal question. Okay. Um, like, with your wife, do you, like, encourage her to dress like she's 75? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, how does that go? Got a special night. Floral well, like night cardigans gown and stuff? And a gray wig. <laughs> you started knitting. <laughs> Can you color your hair gray? <laughs> Get you some half-moon glasses, you know? Hello, David. I did <laughs> Can you constantly walk around the house and say, it's so cold in here? <laughs> she already does that. Oh, got it. See? <laughs> she gets me. Well-matched. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks for the trifecta. News update and Nimrods in the news. Next. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, uh, Democratic Senator out of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. He's the guy who had a stroke last year, and nobody in his life loved him enough to tell him to, you know, I don't know, take it easy. And he went out, did the campaign, now is any one. And he's now a U.S. senator. You know, last week he had a health setback, had some lightheadedness. Uh, he's back in the hospital. He's been re- or he's been admitted into Walter Reed uh, for clinical depression, which is not uncommon for stroke victims or heart attack victims. And, I mean, to me it's to be expected if it rises to the level of being of having to be hospitalized for care, for 24-hour care, it's because the dude hadn't gotten a break. Well, the failing New York Times really painted the picture yeah. of how bad he is and what a terrible situation he's in now. Yeah, I, And I know you can say, well, he put himself there. And, and yeah, I understand that at the same time. Yeah. We don't know if he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I. Well, and even if he wanted to do it, again, in his shape, he should never have been put in that situation to do it. And Agreed. 
he didn't have anyone around him who loved him enough to tell him no. And I mean, his wife is a is a climber. She's a horrible person. I don't know how you let your husband go through that. And in the New York Times, that profile suggested that any chance he had at a at a true recovery went out the window because he didn't take the doctor recommended amount of rest. That's the wild part that I didn't realize that it's not like you can sort of put off getting the rest. Like you have a window of a full recovery and under that amount of stress, you the window closes. Yeah. I didn't understand that before. And so now he's hospitalized at the recommendation of the uh, attending physician for the United States Congress. He's gone to Walter Reed, and I'm glad he's getting the help. And I've, I've officially turned to I feel bad for him because if that's my brother, my yeah. brother and I don't agree on politics at all. Right. And I'd certainly be rooting against him if he were to run for any political office. But if he were in that situation, right. I would move heaven and earth to make sure that he took his health seriously first. Totally agree. And you know the people around him didn't care. Nope, didn't care. They're bad people. No, they are bad people. Yep, I agree. All right, let's get to Nimrods. Roll it out. Let's go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News will start in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, cops saw a black Mercedes parked the side of the road. Thought maybe it was abandoned. They went closer. There was 40-year-old Michael Serrata. He's sitting alone in the passenger seat. Hmm. They could tell. Yeah, he's probably drunk. Dude, beyond, he's hammered. So all of the cup holders in the car had either empties or half-full beer cans in them. There were two cases of Mick Ultra and Bud Light inside, torn open, empty cans all over the floor. But he was so hammered, he couldn't talk. Oh, Could not communicate. So the cops called for backup to help get him into custody. That's when he reached down into a pile of cans, pulled out a full one, and cracked it open. Well, you know, you're going to jail anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're trying to get him out of the car. He, he would not stop drinking it. They tased him, didn't phase him. <laughs> no. Finally got him in the car. He's in a lot of trouble. Jeez. Then we got a guy in Maryland. He attempted an armed carjacking at a grocery store the other day. Oh, man. Nobody taught him how to drive a stick, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just got out, started running. That's so funny. And that's Nimrod's in the news.